right, welcome to Pop Culture 5 Podcast. I'm Jeremy Dove, and joined by, I guess you could say he's the Sheldon to my Leonard. Okay. My partner I kind of know what that means. Yeah, yeah, my partner in crime here, Mr. Thomas Senna. Thomas, what's up, man? Hey, I'm excited to learn. I have my pupils cap on. <laughs> I'm ready to to absorb some information and learn, do some learning this week, and uh, it's, a, it's an exciting time for me. Uh, this episode. I mean, yeah, the roles yeah. are reversed because we've done this concept, but now the roles are reversed. So I'm excited to be in this position. Right, right. Which I think is the fun position, honestly. Um, uh, people, I don't know about you, Thomas. I've heard really a lot of great feedback about our first pop culture blind spot episode on Radiohead. And you introduced me to the legendary group Radiohead. And I had to admit, I did not know hardly anything about them. So that was a lot of fun, a lot of great feedback from people so we thank you for that and we kind of want to test that out more and do that with other things in pop culture that either one of us don't really know a lot about Mm -hmm. so i thomas is a tv guy and and i really really love tv so i kind of wanted to go there for our next blind spot episode and a show that probably in the past at least five years that has been the most you know comfort food for me than any other show is something that Thomas did not know much about. So I thought, okay, this is my chance for this Blind Spot episode. And The Big Bang Theory is a show that I watch over and over again. It's a show that I put on in the background. It's a show I put on to go to sleep. It is probably the number one show that I've watched the most of in the past five years. Wow. So. I wanted to really introduce this to Thomas since he said he's not familiar with the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, and we could we'll get into because I'm not like 100 percent in the dark. Like if something like the Big Bang Theory is in the pop culture ether, I'm aware of certain things, mm-hmm. but I couldn't say that I've I've half paid attention to a few to episodes here and there okay. <laughs> at most. So, so so I know the beats somewhat. I right. guess, but I've kind of I've never really sat down and like consciously like watched like even an episode. I don't. Think. So you kind of know like pop culture terms and some characters. You would say like catchphrases. Is that what you're kind of well, saying? Yeah. Well, I know like I know the Bazinga. I know that's mm-hmm. Sheldon's thing, right? Yes. Yeah. So I know something like that because that's like in the pop culture sphere. I know who Sheldon is. I know Leonard. I know like the romantic dynamics somewhat in the show um i don't know how they got together i don't know if they broke up at any time like i don't know like specifics mm-hmm. i just kind of know who got together um don't really know like much outside yeah. of that. like i know penny and see leonard yes is it penny yeah. and leonard that come mm-hmm. together Mm-hmm. Okay, so I I know that, but I don't really I couldn't tell you how they well, got together right, or what right, the right. the beats if there were trials and tribulations or if they're like I couldn't tell you that, but I just know okay. whatever most people whatever's out in the ether that a lot of people know about the Big Bang Theory is something that I probably am aware of. So that's interesting because I feel like what I'm kind of learning more and more is how much if you're like friend group or a group that you're around if they're into it you kind of can pick up more sometimes how much it's in the culture than if you're like by yourself with it 
throughout the the show's run, I was the only person I knew who liked this show. Hmm. All my friends weren't fans of it. Either they hadn't watched it or they you know, they were kind of put on their sophisticated hoity-toity <laughs> TV fan hat and were sure. like, it's not as witty as Parks and Rec or The Office. And I'm like, I'm not saying it's has to be them, but I think it's hilarious and a great, mm-hmm. it's just a great sitcom, you know? So it wasn't honestly until the past couple years I met a, a friend of mine who I work with, Elizabeth, her and her husband, Calvin, did a rewatch of it and we would talk about it and then another friend of mine at work he liked the show too but i didn't realize how much it things were in the pop culture that people knew bazinga and people knew a lot of these different things like because i was just you know the lone wolf watching the big bang theory yeah it's nice to find your tribe sometimes yes <laughs> with, with, with certain things like that so i'm glad you did i and i have to tell you that i think initially I was maybe a little put off or not motivated to watch the show, but because of the title of the show, I was like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I get it. Like it's probably like <laughs> wordplay. Yeah. I know there's like a good looking, a good looking woman in the show. And so they're like, Oh, big bang theory. Like I get it. It's a double entendre, whatever. So maybe that kind of like put me off a little bit or not For motivated sure. me to watch it because of the name of the show. For sure. I, I would say this, it's a show that definitely has easy jokes or easy things in it. I don't take that away. Mm-hmm. I look at it as though it does have great acting performances. I think especially starting with Jim Parsons as Sheldon Cooper, like what he did with that character was amazing. And I do think it's a show in the way friends in the way some of these other new girl or how I met your mother. It's a great ensemble piece and the mm-hmm. actors have great chemistry with each other and work well together and really hit at your pull at your heartstrings and make you it's just like that nice comfort food and it's not complicated to keep up with or anything but you just you enjoy it it kind of has that vibe yeah i thought i thought it i maybe probably unfairly thought it was going to be like a two and a half men kind of mm-hmm. thing which i don't like because to me it's too like sophomoric and too you know which yeah. I don't like two and a half man. So I just maybe just in like in, in my subconscious like group them together. But I do like Johnny Galecki. So okay. I liked him in Roseanne. I was a big Roseanne. That's probably something we never talked about, but I was huge into Roseanne. I loved Roseanne. Same here. So I liked Galecki in Roseanne. I liked him in Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember Great. he was Russ in Christmas Vacation. So I liked Johnny Galecki. Uh I had seen Kaylee Cuoco in the um Eight Simple Rules with yes. John Ritter a little bit. Yes. I actually know her better in The Flight Attendant more so than anything on which, HBO. Yeah, yeah, which came out right after yeah. The Big Bang Theory. And mm-hmm. I tell you, that was a surprise, like, pandemic hit for me. It was, like, how good The Flight Attendant, yeah. how good she was. And that first season just really, like, killed yeah. it. It was awesome. Yeah, season one. Season two, I watched about an episode or two, and I kind of checked out. Mm-hmm. But season one of The Flight Attendant, I stand by. It was really good. So I've seen more of Kaylee Cuoco in The Flight Attendant than I have in The Big Bang Theory. And well, Maya Balick, I don't know if she was on The Big Bang Theory to start yes. the, the not, series. Not to start. Not to start. Okay, but of course I knew her from Blossom. Mm-hmm. I used to watch that growing up. So I was familiar with the actors, but uh, I guess I, I never... 
Maybe maybe there's some hoity-toityness involved with me too. Sometimes I get that way with network television. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, prestige. I'm gonna put on my um, my my uh, hoity-toity cap. This isn't prestige television. But yeah. that, I know that's unfair. I did that with New Girl. I love New Girl. My wife and I watched the entire series, but I unfairly tab New Girl as a show like that that I wouldn't like. That was no. too broad. But I ended up loving New Girl. Well, that's why I said um, during our our essential HBO show episode, I I kind of can take the, I take that off a lot easier with sitcoms than I do dramas. Dramas, I for sure mm. I put that hoity toity. I'm like, it's on NBC. Nope. Next, like I don't even give it a try, and I have to work on that myself. So I understand, and and that's why I'm I'm. It's not like the way The Office is or Parks and Rec where. I would just go up to anybody. Oh, you got to watch that show. The Big Bang Theory, I kind of like, I, I can understand if you don't like it. I do get it. But I think like if you take down the walls a little bit, you may not, you may not make it to like your favorite show, but I think mm-hmm. you might be able to appreciate it more. Maybe, maybe you like it a lot. It is one of my favorite shows though. Yeah. Well, I've been surprised. Like I said, New Girl uh, was really good. I, I run into the every now and then there's a Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Mm-hmm. was a show that my wife and I watched and we were kind of into it. And then one of the actors is in a show now where he plays like a detective for his mom's law, law firm. Uh, it comes on on Friday nights. I, I'm, I'm spacing on the name, but it's on NBC and and I like that show. Whenever it's on, I'm like, I sit down and pay attention. I'm like, oh, this is pretty clever, actually. This is really So I often surprise myself, Jeremy, with network television shows uh, along the lines of the Big Bang Theory. So uh, I'm definitely coming into this with an open mind. Okay, and I think um, what I'll say is 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 that they're easy watches. So for this blind spot, if if you, I'm gonna give like the five like you did, like the five that I'll recommend. But if there's some, if you get in the rhythm or you want to go in a different order, I'm not gonna go in like some kind of order. Okay. I just kind of went with because I figured like I took a guess, but like I figured you kind of know a little bit. Like, it's not hard to figure out the beat of the show. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I, I'm just trying to hook you with five that I think are really good. Okay. I can give you a reason why. I can make them still essential, but I, I didn't want to go with just like, oh, these important. I'm like, what I think is like funny, but kind of gets at the heart of what the Big Bang Theory is. Okay. So those are the five that I pick. But if you go... Yeah you know, a different route with stuff, that's awesome too. Yeah, and it might hook me too because as I've told you uh, while we were not recording, I've told you over the last few weeks and months that I actually have watched plenty of Young Sheldon. Yes. (laughs) So I like Young Sheldon. I think that's a good show. If people criticize Young Sheldon, I disagree with them because I don't think they've sat down and watched Young Sheldon. I actually think it's a good show. I don't know where you stand on Young Sheldon. I like Young. I think okay. the last, I think they're in season six or seven now. Yeah, I think that the seasons have gone on. I I like it less, but those early like first three to four seasons yeah. loved Young Sheldon and loved how, um, especially Sheldon's parents and those perform and his his Mima. I love. Oh, she's you know, great. They're just awesome. So I I've been a big fan, and and Missy, even his twin sister Missy, yeah. been really good too. So I've been a big fan of. Young Sheldon as well. Okay, so if I if I like Young Sheldon, you do you think how does it like compare maybe in tone to The Big Bang Theory? I think Young Sheldon, 
that's interesting because um, you're the first person I met who knows Young Sheldon and not Big Bang. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of strange. So it's a little bit, but it's cool. Yeah. I think you you get the idea of Sheldon. I mean, Sheldon is like he becomes the main character. I feel like even if like Johnny Galecki as Leonard, mm-hmm. he's like the the lead actor, like the number one on the, the call sheet. And he's still like a main guy, but I feel like the, the breakthrough character is Sheldon. So you understand a lot of it is the peculiar, the, the peculiar behaviors of Sheldon and how people act around him okay. and how like this, his inner circle is and dealing with that. So if you're used to seeing that on young Sheldon, then you'll kind of have the beats of it on the Big Bang Theory that they might get frustrated and annoyed, but they understand he doesn't necessarily mean it or doesn't know better to an extent, and they they still love him, and they kind of look out for him in other ways. So it's like, I think you'll get that beat. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, That's another reason I'm excited about diving in, is having a context of Sheldon as a kid, (laughs) and then seeing, being exposed to him as an adult is going to be fascinating for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's... It's interesting. So I I kind of just went and just gave like just five. This was hard because there's 12 seasons, 279 episodes of The Big Bang Theory. And I've seen them all a lot. Like I've seen them all, but I was just like, man, what do I do? Do I give just like the big moments, these like pivotal moments of like relationships or all that? And I thought, you know what? No, like as Thomas, as you always say, is it's just five essentials. And I'm like, I need something that if I just show you like, oh, these these characters get married or something like us like, ah, that's okay, but you can get that on your own time, maybe, if you'd like the show. What I feel like will hook you. So if you're ready, I'm gonna give you the five. I guess the this is the the homework. You gave me the five songs for Radiohead. Yeah. I'm gonna give you the five episodes for the Big Bang Theory. So this is my homework for the week. And this then we'll your... reconvene. So we're recording this now, and then we'll reconvene in a week uh, and discuss these episodes. So yeah. is Jeremy dishing out some homework for me? Right. So the first one I'm going to go to is I'm going to go to season two because I feel like season one is okay. It's one of those ones. There's some things in there, but I don't think you need to watch season one. I think if you do, mm-hmm. that's fine. I didn't love season one as much for the Big Bang Theory. It, you see some highlights, some future things, but like, it's whatever. So I go to season two, episode three, The Barbarian Sublimation. Sheldor is back online. Sheldor? The Conqueror. What are you doing? AFK. I'm playing Age of Conan, an online multiplayer game set in the universe of Robert E. Howard's Conan the Barbarian. Oh. Sheldor, back online. What's AFK? AFK. And I think this episode is awesome because it's kind of uh, a little bit of role reversal. I think it's a great Penny episode. Kaylee Cuoco's character, I think it really kind of shows her range, and I think it shows what she does for the rest of the series. And I'll let you in. She's my favorite character on this series. I, yeah. I really love the character of Penny, and I love what she does with it. And I think this episode, for me, was the first time back when this came on 
that I was saw her range in a different way than like eight simple rules, what she did on that show. And I liked the interaction that she had with the other characters and kind of like the headspace she went into um, was really good. So yeah, Kaylee Cuoco was great and everything uh, that I've seen her, like she was great in the flight attendant. So I'm looking forward to, to see more of her on screen here. My close personal friend, Kaylee Cuoco, Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I, I want to hear because once again, <laughs> Thomas, you know, just, uh, he's AKA Thomas Gump. He just bumps into people and knows people. <laughs> Uh, Thomas is going to let us in. I don't know if when he wants to do it, but that he has met Kaylee Cuoco. Oh, yeah, I've spoken with Kaylee. Well, so my my good dear friend Grace and I, we were in Los Angeles in 2012, I believe. We were singing a band called Elbow. So we were there. We took a trip to L.A. and we're both comedy fans, Grace uh, and I. So so we decided to see some comedy while we were there. We checked out Groundling Show. Actually, we went to the Groundlings Theater and checked out a Groundling Show. But we also decided to see what was going on at one of the comedy clubs. I think it was the improv. So we were like, cool, let's see what's going on. And we saw that Kaylee Cuoco was having a benefit. She's into pit bulls. So she was having a, a pit bull benefit, uh, a comedy show to raise money for for um, whatever pit bull foundation uh, that she was working with at the time. So we were like, oh, yeah, let's go see some comedy. Check that out. And we ended up getting in, getting tickets. It was really a neat surprise. Kaylee came on. She was kind of the MC for the night. And Kaylee came on and she actually said, you know, we have a surprise comedian that wasn't advertised, but um, they're going to be doing a set tonight. We wanted to surprise you and give you like, thank you for coming and supporting the cause. So let me introduce you to Bill Burr. So oh. Bill Burr was like a surprise guest at this at this Kaylee Cuoco comedy show, which was awesome. So Bill That's Burr so cool. destroyed it. Yeah, he destroyed it. So good. Afterward, Kaylee was like outside greeting fans and stuff. So Grace and I said, "Oh, let's go say hi to her and thank her." So we, you know, we got in line and we said hello. And she, she's probably spent like five, at least five minutes or so, just chatting with me and Grace. And Kaylee was so nice; she couldn't have been nicer. She was so, so appreciative cool. of of us going to see the show and supporting her cause. She was telling us about how much she loves dogs and yeah, and, and all that. So. So we probably, yeah, we had a good five plus minutes of FaceTime with her and she was just such a pleasant person. So I I, I had my interaction with Kaylee Cuoco was like definitely very positive, uh, Jeremy. That's awesome. That's so cool because I'm a big fan of hers and you're the first person I know who's like met her because, you know, she seems cool. I listen to her on podcast or as a guest or on like talk shows, I know she loves animals and def- mm-hmm. loves dogs. So I knew that about her. I'm, I've been a fan of hers since uh, I saw her in a, a DCOM, Disney Channel original movie, Alley Cat Strike. That was like in 99 or 2000. And I'm like, she's really good. And then I saw her Eight Simple Rules. And then obviously, you know, that got cut short because of the tragic death of John Ritter. And then she went on to Big Bang Theory. And I'm like, she is just amazing so anything she does i i watch i'm a big fan of her so hearing that you met her and she was cool was yeah. like that's i was relieved because i was like if you would have said like a negative story i would have been like oh man but oh, the fact no. that she was so nice it was like awesome yeah very nice it was one of the memorable moments that i had with my dear friend grace who passed last year mm-hmm. uh, but that was one of like the top memories that grace and i have is going to this show and meeting kaylee kuoko and stuff so that's so cool that's so cool. So that's that's the first one. 
The next one I have is Season 3, Episode 8, The Adhesive Duct Deficiency. How much time do we have? Uh, T-minus 5 hours, 37 minutes to onset of meteor shower. Okay, our position is 34.48 degrees north, 118.31 west. That means the azimuth should be 168.22 degrees relative to magnetic north with an elevation of 49.93. Anything yet? Uh, we have a signal, but there's no frame lock. Hang on. How about... Nah. <gasps> we did it. <laughs> we have the West Coast feed of HBO. <laughs> a lot of times... And you could tell that Big Bang eventually kind of gets, it's different, but it's one of those shows that's influenced by friends. So a lot of people look at the Leonard and Penny dynamic, and that's interesting, honestly, to look at and talk about. But I think that the dynamic that I love the most is the Penny-Sheldon dynamic. And I think that's the one that kind of shows the greatest arc and the greatest, like, all, like, just natural... Like, you just love seeing those two on camera, and you see how much they grow together, and they become, like, family. And this is one where it's kind of early on in the, the series, but Penny has to lean on Sheldon because of for an emergency because no one else is around. And then all kind of just comedic stuff breaks loose. And even the B-plot, though, with the other guys is pretty funny, too, and hilarious and seeing them talk. But I definitely think the A plot with Penny and Sheldon is just like just dynamite. So that's my second choice for you is season three, episode eight, the adhesive duck deficiency. And my third choice, they kind of, these episodes go hand in hand, even though they're not like it's not a two parter necessarily, but they are connected. So it's season three, episode sixteen, the Excelsior acquisition. Hey Stuart, what's going on? Well, you might want to mark your Google calendars. Stan Lee is coming to do a signing on Thursday. Did he finally write a sequel to his autobiography? I'm sure ages 79 through 87 were just action-packed. <laughs> no, just a regular comic signing. My uncle is his dermatologist, and Stan's doing him a favor. Oh, I don't want to know that. How can I possibly discuss with Stan Lee the scientific foundations for interstellar flight on a silver surfboard when part of my brain will be scanning his face for signs of contagious skin disease? And it kind of is a sequel to the adhesive duct deficiency and from everything that happens in that episode and all that transpires with that. And it's another, in my opinion, classic Penny and Sheldon kind of moment. And one of my favorite lines from Sheldon comes in this episode as well. But I think it just really comes at the heart of what the Big Bang Theory is as far as the characters, also their interests and their fandom as well. So I think my third choice is Season 3, Episode 16, The Excelsior Acquisition. Are all of so are the naming conventions for Big Bang Theory episodes kind of like in the similar realm? Like, do they have science kind of naming conventions for most of their episodes? A lot, yeah, a lot of science and a lot of like comic book fandom okay. and different things, yeah. Because I know different like uh, Friends has like the one with whatever, right, the right, one. right, and so so certain sitcoms and shows have like naming conventions that tie mm-hmm. to to them. So so the Big Bang Theory is kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, okay, good catch. Yep. So I'm going to fast forward you now to my fourth choice is season seven. So it might look a little bit different, like the cast and everything, but I think you'll, you could pick up on what happens and who's with who. 
and we could talk about that more, like, or you'll figure it out more if you decide to keep going in your watch, uh, or if you're just like, these five are enough, I'm out, we'll see. But I'm going to go to Season 7, Episode 3, and just like you had that song for Radiohead, where you're like, this is my favorite one, but no yeah. pressure, this is it. This is my favorite episode of the show, but no pressure, but I'm going Season 7, Episode 3, The Scavenger Vortex. No worry, I can take a hint. No more murder mystery parties. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Because I've got something even better planned. Oh. Just hear me out. I'm going to make you guys a scavenger hunt like they have at MIT. Oh, I loved those. I did them every year there. Oh, we did them at Princeton, too. Oh, that's cute, like it's a real college. <laughs> it's amusing. I was going to say that about MIT, but it works for Princeton, too. I just think... This is everyone together in an ensemble, a lot of odd pairings. Minus like Penny and Sheldon. There's a lot of like the rest of the cast is paired in different groups. And you just get a lot of like comedic, like just tension, comedic competition from it. It's just one of my, it's my favorite one. I think it's just so well done. And it's one that I watched live. And I remember Thomas being done with it. And I'm like, I was impressed with them for season seven to kind of do something that was like that inventive and that mm -hmm. different for them. I was really impressed by the cast, but also the big bang writers and like their creativity and how it was done. So that's, this is my favorite episode of the series, the scavenger vortex. I think everyone just knocks it out the park in this episode. All right. Cool. I'm excited. Yep. And my fifth one, this was tough, but the people who listen, who love it, are like, oh, about this, what about that? I'm like, people, 279 episodes. I'm just trying to get Thomas hooked in, and then from there we can we can go down the rabbit hole of other stuff if he gets hooked. But you got to hook Thomas first. So I'm going to go the same season, episode nine, the Thanksgiving decoupling. You can have a nice Thanksgiving anywhere. I spent one in Vegas. You did? Yeah, back when I was dating Zach. It's actually more fun than I thought. We gambled, went to one of those cheesy wedding chapels. We had a really good turkey dinner, which was surprising since we were at a strip club. <laughs> Wait, you went to a chapel? Yeah. Why? We had one of those silly fake weddings. <laughs> Penny, you know those are real, right? <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah, they are. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. He's right. They're real. Which it's a Thanksgiving episode, but it's in uh, it's in one of the other characters, Howard. It's at his house, and a lot of funny things come into play, and a lot of things you get to see Sheldon kind of show some heart, and he bonds with another character, and then with the Leonard and Penny relationship, it kind of brings some stuff up with a lot of some interesting drama with that, and some interesting uh. It's interesting comedy and kind of like highlighting what's going on in their relationship at the time, too. Okay. Is, is Howard the guy with the Anton Chigurh page boy kind of haircut? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the okay. mop top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's Howard. Howard oh, Wallace. That's Howard. Okay. Yep. So I think this this is one of my top five funniest episodes, too. The Thanksgiving, the couple. Also has some sports in it. So mm. us being sports fans, you're going to. You're going to get that vibe, too, and you'll be surprised where it comes from, I think. But, uh, yeah, those are the five. So 
the barbarian sublimation, the adhesive duct deficiency, the Excelsior acquisition, the scavenger vortex, and the Thanksgiving decoupling. Perfect. I'm excited to to get cracking at this. This is, seems like great homework, and yeah, I love this concept. So it's, again, it's it's just really uh, really great switching of roles here for me to be like the the student and not the teacher here in this actually yeah <laughs> yeah and now i know how you feel because now i'm just like i'm curious i'm just like i don't i'll probably be thinking all week like that i picked the right ones yeah, like exactly because i'm like man you know, I, I know my friends uh elizabeth and calvin they'll be like we sh- you should have picked this i'm like ah, i only get five people I only get five so but I'm interested to see if you kind of like because they're easy to watch, so I could see it where like you watch one of these and then like you like look down and the next one plays and then you're kind of just like, all right, and then like you might have like a whole different five that you're like your five didn't get me, Jeremy, but like these five, I like these, so like I'm I'm curious to see. Okay, yeah, so I'm curious to dive in and. See what I think and see if I explore more. So this is cool, man. I'm gonna, I'm ready to get started. All right, all right. Well, I'm looking forward to it, man. So we'll uh we'll re- reconvene once you got your homework done and uh, fingers crossed that you're you at least somewhat like it. Our whole universe was in a hot, dense state that nearly 14 million years ago expansion started. Wait, the Earth began to cool, the autotrophs began to drool, Neanderthals developed tools, we built a wall. We built the pyramids, math, science, history, unraveling the mystery that all started with a big bang. All right, well, we're back. I gave Thomas five episodes of the Big Bang Theory to watch and to give his opinion on. Uh, this is a pop culture blind spot forum so before we hear what thomas thought about the show overall and each episode i'll recap the episodes i gave him so it was season two episode three the barbarian sublimation season three episode eight the adhesive duct deficiency season three episode 16 the excelsior acquisition season seven episode three the scavenger vortex and Season 7, Episode 9, The Thanksgiving Decoupling. So, Thomas, how was this? This is your first time being in this role for a blind-spotted episode. What were your overall thoughts about uh, Big Bang Theory? Yeah, uh, I could see. Well, you said that you that this was a show, like especially over COVID, it was like comfort food mm-hmm. in a way, like right? And I could totally see that. I could totally see it being a, com- like a very comforting viewing experience, I could see like just turning it on, having a pleasant 20 minutes. Uh, that's how I felt about shows like How I Met Your Mother was one of those for me. Scrubs was one of those for me. Okay. Uh, anytime Scrubs came on, I could turn it on and just have like an enjoyable half hour or whatever. So uh, so I can totally like I watched it and I could, I got like, oh, I understand. I like understand what Jeremy uh, was saying about it. And uh, I, I liked all the characters. Um, I, I had, I'm a young Sheldon, like not like a diehard. Like I've watched, I've watched enough young Sheldon to know that I like it and to know about his family and the beats of that and everything. Uh, so I had a, almost a, I was predisposed to liking Sheldon, I think. So he stood out. Uh, I liked everybody. There's one character. I don't know if you want to know now. There's one character yeah. where I didn't quite connect with is Howard. I didn't quite connect with Howard. Okay. 
So, and um, that maybe got, maybe there was one of these five episodes where I'm like, okay, Howard's not like bad in this one. Like I can kind of, yeah. but for the most part, I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm feeling Howard. Uh, what all, what was it about much. Howard? Do you think? Just I don't know. I just his scrolly pervy kind of vibe. <laughs> didn't, yeah, uh, didn't really like rub me the right way necessarily. Um, I don't. I don't. Didn't love his dynamic with his mom. Maybe, and I know that's played for laughs, and she's always yelling from the room and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just something about that. Uh, it wasn't terrible, and there were some redeeming qualities about Howard. But he, out of out of all the main characters, uh, was the one where I was just watching these episodes. I'm like, man, I'm not like making that connection with Howard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, when I talk to like some friends of mine about the show, he's always the one because mm-hmm. Howard does probably have maybe one of the big turnarounds, like from where he's at early in the series to where he's at later on. And uh, especially early Howard, before he gets with Bernadette, his wife, mm-hmm. people don't like. I I totally see where you're coming from and other people. I like it because he never he, – he looks – he Egg's always on his face, you know. He looks bad. And sure. he looks like so, like, what are you doing? And, like, you know, like, he's lying and that these lines will never work on anyone. So the joke's always on him is kind of how I redeem it. But he does have a – pervy skeevy feel to him but he is always winds up biting him in the butt yeah it's kind of that's where true. i don't mind it that's definitely true and especially in one of these episodes i think this is the first episode um that we're going to talk about uh i think the end the joke was on him like he yeah. was the punchline at the very end of right. that episode so i could definitely see that uh i think with just some of some of his backstory, and I'm sure we like I need to watch more to get into why Howard probably is the way he is. There was mm-hmm. some allusion to it in the Thanksgiving episode about yeah. his dad not being there and abandoning, right. but he never really. That's part. That was part of the joke. Is like he wasn't really given a chance to like talk about that, <laughs> right? <laughs> because Sheldon butted in, but um, but yeah, it was just and, and I, I know how the character was written. And and you bring up a good point, and I, and I didn't really like. He wasn't one of those like, oh my god, Howard's on the screen again. Oh man, but he's just <laughs> like everybody else was super endearing. Uh, but Howard, I had to like, I just had a tougher time making that connection. Um, that's probably the most negative thing that I can say about this. It was a fun, it was a very enjoyable uh, experience going through these, Jeremy. Okay, okay. Well, let's start. Um, I don't know if you went in order of the list or you kind of did yeah. your own thing, but you you well, tell me which episode you want to start with. Yeah, so I watched them in order. So okay. you gave them to me chronologically, so I watched them in order. So what I did was I watched each one of them once and just sitting on the couch, no, right. no taking no notes or anything. I just put them on, watched, and just kind of absorbed the episode. So I did that with all five of them. And then I sat down, rewatched them, and took notes and stuff. So I gotcha. watched each episode twice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I watched them chronologically. Cool, cool. Yeah. So let's let's start with uh, season two, episode three. We'll do the the barbarian sublimation. What, what what were your thoughts on that episode? Yeah, this was a really good Penny episode. Like Kaylee yes. Kuoko was really good in this episode. Her descent into video game addiction. That was really entertaining it was a fun start to my journey 
seeing the dynamic between Penny and Sheldon. I know that was a theme that seemed to be a theme of the a lot some of the most of the episodes that you gave me. Yeah, is that Penny Sheldon dynamic? And I think that makes sense because they seem like they're the two out of the main characters. They're the two maybe most polar opposite in their demeanor, which makes for better comedy. Mm-hmm. Just kind of getting them around each other uh, more so. So I so it doesn't surprise me that you chose episodes that kind of in some way or another revolved around the Penny Sheldon dynamic because that is ripe for comedy. And this one uh, was no different. And what I, something that I love right away and that was, that's a theme probably throughout the series is how Sheldon explains things to Penny, like in a scientific way, Mm -hmm. she's confused. And then he has to quote unquote, like dumb it down or use layman's terms or whatever. I like, I like that theme throughout the series yeah that little joke about how sheldon says something and then he's like trying to figure out a way to like put it in 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 different terms but just Mm -hmm. like the melding of science and layman's terms and more simple terms and things like that like i i think i think uh that's something that i like about this show can't get the damn key out it's not surprising that baldwin lock on your door uses traditional edge mounted cylinders whereas the key for your volkswagen uses a center cylinder system thank you sheldon you're welcome and i like their dynamic um because it also goes the opposite where on pretty much on social cues or yes you know emotions penny has to do that for sheldon where she has to dumb it down and kind of break it down for him that he can understand on how things work mm-hmm. as well. Um, and I just kind of like it's, even though I, I believe even, I know definitely in real life, but in the show, Sheldon's character is older than Penny, but it's still like a big sister, little brother kind of dynamic Seems that like. they have. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I felt like, cause obviously in the show, Penny and Leonard get together and that's the romantic thing and you know, all that. But I'm like, that's not if I'm hooking, trying to hook someone in, and this is a a blind spot. I'm not going to focus on the Penny Leonard dynamic. Yeah. I'm going to focus on one that's just as important to me, and that's the Penny and Sheldon dynamic. Yeah, I think th- I think that was well played because, like I said, their dynamic is really ripe for comedy and really yeah. ripe for laughs. I love that you're right. Like Penny has to interpret social things for sheldon or like sarcasm like sheldon has trouble understanding sarcasm right so 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 that comes up a lot it's just fun seeing like a character like penny navigating sheldon and vice versa that that, that's really neat i'm glad you picked this episode uh because because that whole dynamic was really fun sarah gilbert and johnny galecki were together on screen too as a roseanne fan that got me excited i didn't even i had forgotten that sarah gilbert was even in this show yeah, yeah. When so you when brought that called, up, I kept yeah. it quiet. I'm like, I'll let that, you see. Yeah. That's what I figured. I'm like, oh, damn, you probably didn't say anything because I remember bringing up Roseanne. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I saw Sarah Gilbert. So she was first in the scene with Sheldon when when she had called him Dr. Dumbass and they were talking to the uh, to their boss. And then I was wondering, I'm like, oh, oh, Johnny Galecki's in this. I wonder. And then they were in a scene together. Mm-hmm. They're sitting next to each other at the lunch table. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like as a, as a Roseanne fan, it was neat, neat seeing Sarah Gilbert and Johnny Galecki together on screen. Yeah, yeah, she was a regular. I think like the first season or two, maybe just season two. But like she's a only mm-hmm. she's on there for a little bit, and then she's gone for majority of the series. But uh, no, I like their dynamic, and I thought Kaylee Cuoco did a great job. And you know the 
this episode, you know, about Penny is struggling actress and kind of just having a tough time going through it. And she wants, you know, just kind of feeling bad about herself. And then through being locked out of her apartment, sees Sheldon playing online gaming and kind of starts an online gaming addiction and gets really lost into that world. And I thought even for that time, it was an interesting topic because this is circa 2008. So like bringing up like about how you can get lost into this world if you don't watch it like that, that was kind of like I thought interesting. And I thought her just comedic chops of just you see her, you know, the, the whole juxtaposition of this really pretty blonde girl getting lost and lost deeper into gaming addiction. And at the end, just how she looked with like the hoodie and like her hair all crazy and Cheetos in the hair. I thought she just really did a great job in this episode, too. Yeah, she was really good. And then, of course, the jokes on Howard at the end. So an encounter with Howard in the game broke the addiction. Yes. So that's where we say, like, that's that's the the Howard's the punchline. That's a that's a good example uh, of it right there. And uh, I think I had remembered, too, like it came back to me that Raj is shy around Penny. I don't know if he's is he shy around just women in general or is it he, specific to Penny? No, it's women in general. He has okay. select mutism okay. with women. So he can break it during I guess maybe probably like half of the series. Mm-hmm. He he needs alcohol to okay. like break it. And then eventually he does get over that. Mm-hmm. But for like the first half of the series, like Without alcohol, he he can't talk to women. Yeah, and that's something that I had known and just forgot about. So when okay. he so when he would whisper into Leonard's ear, I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I do remember this? All right, yeah." And and that's gonna be a theme that like I'll say it right now. Like I like Raj, so that's gonna be a theme. Yes. throughout yeah. all of these episodes is is how much I like Raj. Okay, so where would you? I don't know if we want to do a scale or just. Yeah. Well, I have a f- ranking. I ranked, of course. That's how I. That's how my mind works. No, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> so I did too. rank them. Okay. So, but if you want to ask me a scale, I don't know. You know what? We'll we'll we'll, we'll save we'll save you for your ranking at okay. the end. Okay. At the end. So okay. okay. So we'll go to the next episode: the adhesive duct deficiency, which. I, I I felt like I had to choose for you. Like I had to, the two and three kind of go hand in hand, but I think for that Penny Sheldon dynamic, I really feel like this episode was really a big one. Seems like a turning point with them. Yes, somehow. yes, good like, call. That's a, that's just the feeling that I had. Like it seemed like like they, they were they were interacting, but it was but this situation was that Sheldon was helping Penny. It was right. like an emergency situation. Sheldon was there to to help Penny uh, with this. So, uh, so you want to give like a quick recap? Just yeah. What so it's about the A story is that the Penny is winds up hurting herself in the shower. She hurts her shoulder, and Sheldon is the only one around. The guys are gone on like a trip, so she winds up having to yell out, and Sheldon is there to help her. Sheldon needs to drive her to the hospital but Sheldon only has his learner's permit so a lot of comedy and stuff just goes on between that and then the B story is funny because the guys are kind of on this I guess like a trip looking at the stars mm-hmm. out in the desert there's like a meteor shower or something yeah. like that yeah right so Raj Howard and Leonard are out in the desert there's like camping out there and Howard meets these two older women 
who, you know, he's kind of being skeevy with, but they uh, wind up giving him some cookies that are laced with weed. The guys eat them when I'm getting the munchies. And I just thought like both the A story and the B story in this episode brought a lot of like great humor and great moments. Yeah. So that A story between Penny and Sheldon, like I said, it seemed like a real turning point with them. And I, I love one of the things that Penny said about Sheldon that I thought was great. She described him as she said, you know, think you're this weird robot man who's so annoying all the time and you totally are <laughs> but then it's like that movie wally at the end you're so full of love and you can save a plant and get fat people out of the floaty chairs that's a fairly labored metaphor but i appreciate the sentiment behind it that was just like a perfect encapsulation of like right. i don't know how people might view sheldon yeah. As this, and she was trying to compliment him, and mm-hmm. she started off by saying, People think you're this weird robot man. So, so I thought that was funny. I thought that was like succinctly put. <laughs> and, by and, Penny. She, and she says that line toward the end of the episode when she's on uh, pain meds. Right. So she's right. kind of like loopy. Yeah. And stuff exactly. when she's she saying. Much it. of a filter. As much of a yeah. filter. Yeah. So that, that, yeah, that whole dynamic was neat. I like that, uh, that it paid off in the next episode. Uh, too mm-hmm. that was really neat um so just a nice continuation of the penny sheldon thing uh i know i knew of the soft kitty song um mm-hmm. but i don't know that i had ever really heard like sheldon sing it or them sing it the way they did like harmonize yeah and stuff just now so it, it was like a, a different take on the soft kitty song soft kitty warm kitty soft kitty warm kitty Yeah, it was the, such a classic moment, I thought, with them. I really just think, like you said, I'm glad you saw, I think it was a turning point, and it was good where she couldn't turn to anyone else besides Sheldon for help. And right. I think that was just, just great to see, just like, oh, okay, like Sheldon having the help, and even though kind of he still had his tendencies, but in the end he does come through mm-hmm. for Penny, and I really like that. Well, yeah, that's the thing about Sheldon is he is, in some ways, he can come across as a as a weird robot man, but he knows that that if people are counting on him for help, that he should help them. So he understands like those social cues, like yeah, I need to be there to help, and I'm going to help. I might he might conduct himself in a different way, uh, but he still means well. Like Sheldon's like a good-hearted person. Yes, even though he has like a very scientific exterior. He is at his core, like still like a really good-hearted version, right? And for me, since you love Rod, this is maybe one of my favorite Raj episodes. As oh well, he was the but, standout of this episode. For yeah. me. No, Raj was to me. Raj was like the star of this episode. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. Um, from his his American accent impression. Yes, <laughs> that caught me off guard. That was yeah. really good. <laughs> He did it to uh, Leonard. I think he did it to Howard, too. Or maybe he, I know he did it twice. I don't know if both of them were to Leonard, but <laughs> he did it a couple times. Stars are pretty, aren't they? 
was so funny. Is your American accent, everything you say sounds stupid. <laughs> Stores are pretty, aren't they? <laughs> Leonard said that once they started getting high and stuff, and, you know, that glimpse of them, like, being high was really funny. And Leonard said, I can feel the earth moving. And then he asked Raj to like slow down the earth and he actually does it. And Leonard's like, Oh, thank you. That's better. (laughs) (laughs) Just their whole, like that sequence was really great. But Raj was like the standout of this, his tangent about being the king of rabbits Mm -hmm. was so weird, but so it was very funny. It was just a very funny out there kind of tangent that Raj went on. If I could speak the language of rabbits, they would be amazed and I would be their king. I hate my name. It has nerd in it. Len nerd. I lost my virginity to my cousin Jeannie. I would be kind to my rabbit subjects. At first. It's funny because uh, Jessica Radloff, uh, the writer, she wrote like an oral history of the Big Bang Theory, and I I got that book and read it. And and in the book for this episode, uh, the guys had been, you know, this was season three, so they had been, you know, getting into fitness and working out. So they kind of wanted them when they were like, when the munchies really hit and they were looking for food. At first, it was going to be to have them have their shirts off, Hmm. but then the guys looked too cut to be, quote-unquote, nerds. (laughs) So then that's where they kind of had, like, the ripped shirt thing a little bit and kept the shirts on because then they were like, you guys are, like, too in shape now, which is kind of like a funny juxtaposition, but, like, a little backstory, like, but I I just thought Raj was great and then making fun of Howard for losing his virginity to his cousin at the end of the episode. His second cousin. His uh, second Howard's cousin. You're right. Say. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> In Howard's defense, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Leonard had a really uh, good quote that I liked that, that stood out to me. He said, you know what's a cool name? Angelo. So he was going <laughs> off about how he wanted his name to be Angelo and stuff. And that's my middle name. So oh, it I is? Like, yeah, I was like, that's a great name. That's my middle name. I love that. Yeah. Oh, Thomas I didn't Angelo. know that. Yep. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. Okay. So I, could, I could tell Leonard that that is a pretty cool name to have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. And uh, so any- one, one last tidbit about this. So, I know in the first episode uh, of the Big Bang Theory that we, we covered a few minutes ago, of course, I said that like I liked how they do. They say they do scientific things and say scientific things. But then sometimes it's for like uh, a very silly reason. So like at the beginning, they're doing all this scientific stuff and like, oh, they're probably setting up some sort of telescope or some sort of mm. radar or whatever. And it was just to get the West Coast feed of HBO. So I yeah. like I like when this show does that, like there's using the scientific jargon and that they're doing all the super scientific stuff. But then sometimes it's just for a very silly, simple reason. So yeah, I, I do like yeah. that. I do like that theme. That Which I is noticed. like a. It's a great point because that is like a running theme. Yeah. And a lot of times they will kind of like in their cold opens, that'll be what's like happening too. Mm. So like that's a great observation. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I did like this episode. It was enjoyable. Like all of these, all of these were enjoyable um, to one degree or another. Okay. Okay. So then let's get to the next one. Season three, episode 16, the Excelsior acquisition. And this, I, I guess you could say it's like a, a, not a two-parter, but like a follow-up to 
the previous episode we just covered. Like yes. even though they're eight episodes apart, they are connected in in a way, right, Thomas? Did you do that on purpose? It is, yeah, it is connected. Did you do that on purpose, Jeremy? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering. I had written that down to ask you. Yeah. So they're connected because in the previous episode that that we talked about, uh, Sheldon drove Penny. He wasn't much of a driver at all, but he had to drive Penny because her shoulder was dislocated. Uh, and in this episode, there's like a bit of a payoff or a callback to that where Sheldon got a ticket. He was caught mm-hmm. on camera or whatever. He got a ticket uh, for that. So that causes him to miss meeting one of his heroes, Stan Lee. Right. So we get a great st- – Stan Lee is in this episode and at the comic book store, which is a big – a big like I, the main hangout really, like you see the characters in, is Leonard and Sheldon's apartment. You'll also see them like in – Penny's apartment sometimes too, but also the comic book store mm-hmm. that's owned by the character Stuart, who's probably like a supporting, he becomes like a regular later on in the series, but he's like a supporting character early on. Um, it's a big thing. Like, so Stuart is getting Stan Lee to come and do like an autograph signing at the comic book store, and they're all excited for it. But once we see that Sheldon has to go to court for this ticket for driving Penny, He's going to miss meeting Stan Lee. And so you have Sheldon and Penny at court while you have Raj, Howard, Leonard at the comic book store getting to meet uh, Stan Lee. So just a lot of crazy stuff going on there. But I, I just thought this episode, probably one of my favorites, like like not just essential, just favorites. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Sheldon was just so hilarious in this episode for me. Yeah, yeah, Sheldon was great. He had a bit of like a mean streak in this yes. episode, which was uh, which was kind of interesting. Uh, him telling him him expressing his displeasure and blaming Penny for which is was Penny's fault. Penny like threw him under the bus, like yeah, <laughs> as far as the ticket goes. Yeah. So he he him like telling Penny like how he felt. Well, I hope you are satisfied, Penny. You are responsible for all the evil that has befallen me today. Okay, I realize Not finished. That it is because of you that I now have a criminal record. And it is because of you that I missed out on having gelato with Stan Lee. Maybe you'll have another chance no, to have No, no, I will never have another chance to have gelato with Stan Lee. Because opportunities to have gelato with Stan Lee come but once in a lifetime. The moving finger writes, and having writ moves on. So you really see Sheldon like, really like a uh, uh, mad Sheldon, which oh, is maybe. kind of interesting. I'm glad you went because that maybe maybe twelve seasons of this show. Maybe my favorite line by Sheldon when he goes, "No, no, you will never have a chance to have gelato with Stan Lee." The moving hand have written. <laughs> he does that whole like bit and like moves his finger. Like it just right. cracks me up. Yeah, the, yeah, that was great physical acting finger. by Jim Parsons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was that was really good. Yeah, there was a lot of really good bits. Uh, in this episode, there was a funny interaction between Penny and and uh, Leonard about Penny not knowing who Stan Lee is. Yeah, so I really like that. You see, like obviously, like a, th- a thread I'm sure through this whole series is the difference between like Penny and how she grew up and her sensibilities as opposed to kind of these nerdy guys and what they're into and their sensibilities. So that was a nice little running the, the little bit between Penny and Leonard about. And she she said, which I thought was a good guess. Like, if you're gonna guess, you might as well guess like somebody from Star Trek. 
Right, right, right. Like that—that that was like a, as good a guess as any. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> Star Trek and then Star Wars; those are the two like mm-hmm. best guesses I would always give. I agree. Yeah, so that was a good one. And Raj was responsible for one of my favorite things throughout the whole uh, episode was the needle drop thing that he was doing. I'm not going to pay a fine. That would imply I'm guilty. You are guilty. <laughs> Oh yes, yes. So he had some really good ones, and even like Howard was annoyed by it. But then, then Raj dropped. Uh, I think it was the courtroom, the Law and Order sounder, mm-hmm. and Raj is, and Howard said, "Oh, I actually I liked that one. That one was really good." Like, yep, yep. So yep. it was just funny. I like I like the timing of that joke. I like Raj's likes. Uh, he was so pleased with himself that he was able to do this. Uh, so this is another one. Even though Raj didn't have a ton to do this episode uh i thought he made the most of his screen time so yeah the, uh I don't, kunal nayar is that how mm-hmm. you pronounce his name he does yeah. a really good job he's really good as raj i think he's excellent too i'm I'm a big raj fan and i mm-hmm. agree i think he he nailed his part and it's funny because you're right sheldon kind of shows a mean streak and this side of stan you know we're used to seeing for those who know like marvel stan lee's the big you know, figurehead with Marvel and in like the in interviews and in like the movies when he has these little cameos, he's always like, Oh, Stan Lee. But he kinda has like a little bit of like that like I, I wanna say remember when Bill Bill Shatner had that thing where he's like enough with the Star Trek. Yeah, when he was on SNL, he, yes. did, the, he did the whole sketch of like, like, you people need to get lives. Like he, he told all the Star Trek. Thing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stan Lee kind of had like that vibe in this episode. He was like, yeah. I'm annoyed with you fanboys here. Like, leave me alone. Right, right. Anyway, Sheldon here is a huge fan of yours. And he was supposed to meet you the other day at the comic book store, but he kind of ended up in jail. <laughs> I see. And you thought you'd just come over to my house uninvited? You said we were invited. Oh, no, no. I said I'm inviting you to come with me to Stanley's house. <laughs> you know, you fanboys are unbelievable. Do you think you can just ring my doorbell anytime you want? I mean, why don't you just come on in and watch the Lakers game with me? Well, I'm not much of a sports fan, but thank you. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting choice, Jeremy, to make Stan Lee grumpy yeah. in this episode. And I, I don't think it was a bad choice. I just thought it was an interesting choice. Like a lot of you see a lot of cameos, especially cameos from people who've been referenced in the series before. Mm-hmm. You see them, then they're just really affable. They're really nice. Hey, you guys. Like if it was another sitcom, if it was like Full House or something, Stan Lee would have invited Sheldon in. They'd have right. like, talked about his career. But here it was an interesting choice to me that Stan Lee was super grumpy and like called the cops on him. Did you like it? How did you feel about that? I thought I ultimately thought it worked. I did think it worked. I thought it was a nice deviation from what uh, a, a sitcom usually would have done. So, I agree. But given that I assume this was a big deal for Stan Lee to appear on the show, I thought it was super interesting that he came off as like grumpy and annoyed yeah, <laughs> when they went yeah. to his doorstep. Which, sure, of course he would be. That, and that's kind of why I liked it because they they kind of it's like mixed like with different they've had a lot of cameos uh, over the years and um, I kind of like that they took that choice just because like that is the reality of it like if you come over unannounced and especially then he makes it I like the bit where you know 
well, hey, why don't you just come in and watch the Lakers game? And Stan Lee's being clearly sarcastic and <laughs> yeah. Shevin's like, well, I don't like sports, but okay. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, it's just all those things. And he's like, having well, to tell Stan Lee, yeah, he doesn't get sarcasm. Yeah. So it's like, I kind of, I, I thought it was different and I liked it. I, overall, like, when I watched mm-hmm. that episode over and over, I'm, like, I'm glad that they kind of, it wasn't just like, okay, sure, buddy. Like, it, it winds up backfiring on him. Yeah, anything that that sitcoms can do to that that I find interesting, like oh that's an interesting choice that sticks out. Yeah, uh, is a is a positive in my book. And, and in this episode, Jeremy Howard had I got to give Howard credit. There was a Howard line that I really liked that I took note of. Which one's that? So when Sheldon was telling them like you got he, he was saying like oh you need to come to court to support me, you know instead of going to meet Stanley. And Howard responded, he said, Wow, <clears throat> uh, Stan Lee, are you in court? Uh, this was Sophie's choice. It would have been a much shorter movie. No. <laughs> yeah. like, I thought that was really funny. And like, if, like, yeah, like, okay, Howard, like, had a good line that I liked. I got to, you know, t- like, yeah, I was a little critical of Howard. I wasn't sure about him. But then he said something. I'm like, okay, that was good. Like, I got to give him credit and yeah. give, give the writers credit for writing a good, like, Howard line there. Yeah, yeah. And I might I'll see I I might have done Howard a disservice because in the episodes I choose there's like there's a big gap. Like it's like the early years where he is cringy definitely to later on he's like a totally different guy in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. So to to be fair to Howard like and if you decide at the end and you want to watch more of it, you might be able to pick up and see Howard might not be as bad for you. Like, you know, but okay. like I look at the episodes I picked for you, it's like, yeah, like they're not, it's going to be a big like jump for Howard. Of all the characters, I think, I think he's like the biggest like, whoa. Okay. See, that would be an interesting reason. That'd be a compelling reason to to start to watch the series in full. Yeah. See Howard, to see his progression, to see if I, if I take to him a little bit more. Yeah. So we do take a big jump now. We go to season seven. Episode three, the scavenger vortex, which I did say, this is probably my favorite episode of the whole series. So I'm curious to know what you think about this one, where they wind up doing a scavenger hunt. Raj throws one together for the gang and they wind up mixing up the team. So you have Penny and Sheldon on a team. You have Howard and Amy and Amy is Sheldon's girlfriend later on to be his wife. And then you have Leonard with Bernadette, who is Howard's wife. They're on a team. And so what did you think of this uh, scavenger hunt episode? I thought it was really neat. It's always fun when shows can kind of gamify an episode for you. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like we were I was I was invested in in what the result would be of the scavenger hunt, where they would go, what the clues would be. So I was watching it from like a like a, as it was like a sporting event. Oh, okay, competition. Yeah, so like that's always fun. And I I like the pairings in the episode. And they even alluded to and that uh, Howard and Amy. I always thought, so they kept calling her Amy Farrah Fowler. So is she like a full name kind of person? Yeah. Like people mostly call her by her full name. She's not just Amy. She's Amy Farrah Fowler. She is just Amy, but for like the... Or for a while when Sheldon would always say Amy Farrah Fowler. She does become just Amy throughout the sh- once she becomes like a regular but for like early on when she's because her first appearance is the finale of season three and then you see her she's like semi-regular 
mm-hmm. then around like six, I would guess, like she'd be maybe four or five, honestly, she's a regular and yeah. she becomes Amy. But they'll say Amy Farrah Fowler sometimes still. Uh, okay. Some people are full name kind of people. So I was wondering yeah. if like this character was. Uh, and she she acknowledged it like that the, that their pairing was kind of odd. So she told Howard like Howard was like, yeah, we don't we're never around each other like just mm-hmm. the two of us. And she said probably because we don't have a lot in common except for the people we're involved with, which is like true, like a blunt thing to say. Yeah, but totally true. And I like Jeremy. Like, didn't we all have friends like that in our groups? Like, think about yes. like a friend group. And there's like you and somebody else, or there's like a pairing. So say there's like five people who hung out a lot together. A lot of times there were two people in that group who never spent time, just the two of them together. Right. Yep. So that's like a funny. I always yep. I had that for sure. Like in college, there we there was a group of four of us. It was me, Darcy, Jay, and Sarah. And Sarah and I never hung out, mm-hmm. just the two of us, which is odd because she and I are the only ones that still really keep touch regularly, and we yeah we hung out more after college just the two of us but there's always those dynamics so I, I like that i like that the show called out that dynamic that we are all familiar with yes yeah and i'm glad you say that because i always kind of noticed that and a lot of times it i had people around me who didn't quite get it where i go so and so is not a friend i hang out with when we hang out with the rest of the group but alone it's like weird it was like even if we're all going out to eat and we're like the first two to show up we're just like <laughs> hey hey and looking at the i wonder where everyone else is at like it's like weird like yeah and i think somebody that else was, for that social lubricant yeah in a way, between the two yeah yeah <laughs> it's just like always like and i'm like that's always like the big difference it's like those you could be one-on-one with and those it's like we need the group, like, you know, they're cool. But we need the group, like, to really connect here. So I'm glad you said that because mm-hmm. I think I, I like that, like, seeing that dynamic in real life. And I also like that about sitcoms when it's like, let's test this cast, this ensemble cast on can any combination work? Like, are you happy to see any combo? And I think this was a great test at season seven that – I think any combination of these characters would lead to an interesting like plot, like an yeah. interesting story. Yeah, I th- that that was really uh, smart of the show. It seems like to pair them that way. I like that Howard and Amy bonded over Neil Diamond. They actually yes. had the best bond out of out of the out of the three teams. It seemed yeah. like. like like once they figured out that they're it just takes that one thing you figure out that you have something in common with someone. With them, it was Neil Diamond. Find something you like. Beatles, boring. Eminem, scary. Weird Al, how old are you? <laughs> Neil Diamond? Yeah, I love Neil Diamond. I love Neil Diamond. They renamed the car the Neil Mobile, <laughs> and and they just uh, yeah bonded over that. Uh, was Bernadette known as like this vicious, crazy competitor before this, or was this kind of a reveal? This was like a reveal. Okay, so we this didn't quite know that side of Bernadette before this. Yeah, yeah, it was a re- it was a reveal, and I think you kind of saw at that point in the series. So when she gets introduced, she's more like quiet and like soft spoken. And then she kind of has like a more tougher, like 
vicious side as it goes on. And I feel like this this uh, episode really uh, kind of showed, like, whoa, she's really tough. And I think yeah. you kind of see that throughout the rest of the series more okay. with her. Something tells me that Howard's attracted to that type of personality in a woman. Like, he likes to be bossed around. Yeah. In a way. Like, something yeah. tells me that Howard likes that about Bernadette. Yeah. I, I It kind of fit. It's more like that domineering like mother role kind of thing because they'll they'll do some things with the series with like bernadette's voice sounding like howard's mom's Mm. and him being like that's kind of like different or just like you know even like their wedding episode he kept calling her like ma and he had like kept like corrected himself yeah so it's like it's like a weird like i think he does like that but like that she plays like that mother kind of role like filling in for his mom. Oh, okay. Well, so Bernadette was really entertaining to watch. Howard, my guy, he gave he gave actually another good line. Sorry you got stuck with me. I bet you wanted to be with Bernadette. Have you ever played a game with Bernadette? No. Have you ever gone into a steel cage with a Wolverine? <laughs> that is good. So, you know, I got to give credit where credit's due against my uh, my, I'm fighting the instinct to not give Howard credit, but that was a good line. <laughs> okay, okay. By Howard, um, man, Raj is the glue guy again. Yeah, <laughs> my guy, my Raj, <laughs> he's the glue guy uh, again in this episode. I think that's just thinking about it now. That's from from my limited ex- experience. Raj is kind of like a glue guy in this show. Yeah, I think that's a, that's interesting. That's a good. That's a good point. I do think Raj is a a glue a glue guy in that way. Like he he can bring together. He's the guy who thinks of the and even if you're like, oh, these are corny, but he's still the one who does. He thinks of the activities for the mm-hmm. group to do, and he he he. It matters to him about the group doing it and all that stuff. Like that's a good that's a good point, Thomas. He is like he is the glue guy. Yeah, and he really put on a show. Uh, when he gave the scavenger hunt rules too, so that was really fun to watch when he when he was doing the smoke bombs and he had the reverb on his mic and he flickered the lights and stuff like that was really fun. He's like a showman. I think even Howard was it Howard that pointed out like he's quite the, he's the showman. Uh, or, or oh, Sheldon whatever. pointed out. I think. Sheldon pointed. It, oh yeah, I think yeah. Sheldon pointed out. Yeah, uh, I did note that. Uh, uh, I said, so I guess Raj isn't afraid to talk around Penny anymore because we're at season seven. So I did notice that Raj seemed to have gotten over his selective mutism. Yeah, so I, I don't his selective mutism. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want me to say, but uh, no, I don't mind. It? So here's one of the things about me that you'll notice is I don't mind spoilers. Yeah, same I like here. I like to see how things are executed, even if yes. I know what's going to happen. To me, it's about how it's executed. So I, I don't I mind agree. spoilers. So feel I free. agree. I agree. So yeah. the season six finale is when it like oh he mm. breaks. That's why I'm like there's twelve. That's why I was kind of like halfway like half of the okay. series. So the season six finale is a scene with him and Penny, and and she kind of says she's like she because he's like upset, and then she's like oh well you're probably drunk, and he's like no I haven't had a drink, and they look at each other, and she's like. <laughs> you're talking to me without and he and then they start crying he's like now i'm crying for a different reason uh, like you know so the season six finale is uh, when you kind of like it breaks yeah yeah as i noticed uh because the the episode starts when they're all at dinner and mm-hmm. penny's the waitress 
and yeah. I and I and when she came up, I was expecting Raj to just like start whispering, and then he actually was talking with Penny was there, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then when he did his whole like, here are the rules to the scavenger hunt, and he was being a showman, and Penny was right there. I was like, okay, so he must have totally gotten over it. Yeah. Now. So that's one of the things as somebody who who uh, doesn't watch the show, I'm like, when did this happen, or how did this happen? So that's one of those little things that I'm like, right curious to see like how the, what the show does with that so that's something that i knew about kind of before i watched these episodes and was just reminded of but that's a reason for me to keep watching is to see like raj progress in that way no and it's interesting the um uh the one of the co you know because chuck Lorre and, and then bill prady he's one of the co-creators and he talked about that he knew guys like this and like, I forget what his previous like occupation was, but he knew a lot of like different smart guys. And he said there was a particular guy who had selective mutism and he had like some of like Sheldon's quirks, but he thought Hmm. it'd be too much to have both of them into one character. So that's why the mutism went to Raj and then kind of how Sheldon's social skills go to Sheldon because they were like one character to have both even though it, it he's like it really did there really was a guy who had both mm. it would be like TV wouldn't be down with that especially in the 2000s so then they kind of gave that but that's from a real Bill Prady really knew a guy who around women he had select mutism okay yeah wow that's interesting I might have to pick up that book too maybe I'll watch if maybe the more I watch I'll be more inclined to to then read yeah read that book but that yeah that sounds really interesting so my guy raj glue guy of the show awesome this is the episode that i liked howard the most in yes so that gives bonus points to this episode is i actually like this was my favorite howard episode for sure okay okay i i thought it was a really good it was a really good howard up and i like your observation too about um howard and amy were the like the at the beginning is like the whoa kind of like pairing, mm-hmm. but at the end they're they're the only ones you hear saying we should go do something else outside of this about going to a Neil Diamond concert. So I thought it was like a good thing. Like yeah. it starts off like that's a weird combo, and at the end they're they're singing Neil Diamond karaoke together. So it's yeah. it's a great pairing. Yeah, so. the episode ended uh, really fun that way as them singing yeah. karaoke. That was cool. Yep. Okay, so now we're on to the fifth and final one. The Thanksgiving decoupling from season seven, episode nine, where uh, it's a Thanksgiving episode. Howard and Bernadette are hosting it at Howard's mom's house. Howard's mom is there, but she has gout, so she's upstairs. She can't come downstairs. Howard has his father-in-law was invited, and his father-in-law and Howard don't really get along, so that's why he wants the friends to come. So that's where they're over there, and... Also, I guess a little subplot is they find out before they get there. Penny talks about going to Vegas with her ex-boyfriend, Zach, who you see on the show throughout the history of the show. I was wondering because she had said like four years ago. And I'm like, well, in the show's universe, like the show was happening already. So Zach must have been somebody that Penny dated in between Leonard stints. Yes. Okay. Correct. That's what I, okay. That's something that I picked up on, I guess. Correct. Correct. So Zach's a the you know big guy a meathead yeah but he's kind hearted yeah re- he yeah. likes the guys uh-huh. like and he kind of thinks he's I don't know if he thinks he knows he's not as smart but he tries to talk about like science and comics and he's just really off he's really dumb and so the guys kind of like put up with him but 
they're it's kind of like role reversal. A lot of times they are like making fun of him, and they're like more in that bully role okay. as the nerdy guys, and he's the jock. So it's like that's yeah. kind of where the dynamic goes in with Zach. But okay. well, I will say Zach knocked it out of the park in his. Oh, you're a Zach br- fan. Oh yeah, in his brief screen time, he was great. Like <laughs> he had good good sharp one liner after one liner. He was like a meathead without being like off putting. Yes. Like I still like looked at him and like I kinda like the guy. Actually, even though yeah. he's a meathead and he's like I kinda like the guy. Like he's just he told Leonard, I'm starting to think you're not the kind of guy I want dating my wife. Like just kind of little <laughs> things like that. Like so Zach, like I think he just really knocked it out of the park in like the brief time that he was in the episode. I don't know if I want to sign it. <laughs> Why won't you sign it? I just think splitting up can be rough on kids. <laughs> We don't have any kids. Are you sure? Because you didn't know we were married until this morning. Okay, look, Zach, come on. You know neither of us thought this was real. I mean, we were married by an Elvis impersonator. Of course it was an impersonator. We could never afford a real Elvis. <laughs> so Penny, she's talking about going to Vegas, and she, they went to this, like, wedding chapel and thought that, like, it, she was like, it's a fake wedding, and... You know, Sheldon, Amy, and Leonard are like, you know, those are real. And she's like, no, they're not. And they're like, yeah. And she's, no, they're not. And realizing that she, by accident, but she is married, has been married to Zach. Yeah. So that's where uh, there's a little friction with Leonard and Penny because Leonard, you know, they're dating again at this point. But why you married Zach and you're not marrying me. But uh, Zach winds up getting invited so they can, you know, do an annulment. So that's where Zach gets invited to. But it, it's just uh, a lot of, like, hilarious stuff comes through. And you're right. I think Zach, I like what you said earlier, like, in brief screen time, it doesn't matter how long you're on screen, but it matters what you do with it. And Zach knocked it out the park in this episode. Yeah, he made the most of it, for sure. That was really funny overall reveal that Penny got married in Vegas. Just seeing her facial expressions, like, the she starts to slowly realize that, oh, man. I'm legally married. Oh no. Like, yeah. And everybody else is like, and like, uh, no, those are things are real. Like <laughs> that was a, f- a really funny reveal. This episode, Jeremy, and it's another example of using science to explain something silly. Like, mm. so it starts, they have a chart up and they have all these like arrows in this box and all these, like there's an equation on this. And it was, they were just trying to find out if uh, cow tipping was possible. <laughs> yes. Like, I don't I, I, know. I like that. I like the juxtaposition of the science-y thing and the really silly thing. Using science to explain something just really dumb. Yeah. I, I just always, I don't know. I just get a kick out of that. No, I think you're right. It, and it's, um, it, it, it leads for great comedy, but it's also like, it's, the, it's that these guys, this is who they are. Like, it's not, they can't turn it on and off. That's who they are. Like, even for something that's really just like for me or you, we just break it down. Like, no, cows are too heavy. We're not strong enough to tip them over. Boom, boom, boom. We can't do it. They have to use physics and this and that to like break down why a human could not tip a cow over. When for like us, it's just like real quick. But for them, being like those geniuses, like high IQ, like that's they have to do like the math on it. Like, they can't just break it down simply for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Penny's uh has to has to draw on her uh drunken experiences in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what she has to draw on. She's not yeah. going to write an equation. She's just going to say, "No, I grew up in Nebraska and and uh, my friends and I would do it." And like, 
were you drunk? And like, yeah, I was in Nebraska. Like, no, <laughs> I was 16 in Nebraska. What else was there to do? Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I thought that was really funny. I guess if Tommy Boy, the movie Tommy Boy taught us that I don't think it's possible. I, I don't, think so. I don't think, I don't think Chris Farley's uh, in, in Tommy Boy was able to do it. No, and if, if he couldn't do it, I don't <laughs> yeah. think Kaylee Cuoco could do it. So, yeah. I agree. Tommy Boy taught us that lesson long before Big Bang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say there was one weird running thread mm-hmm. in the, in this episode that I'm like, was there a backstory to this? Or it was when Sheldon was comparing himself to a slave. Oh, that was just a... That was a little weird, and I didn't know if there was, like, referencing something else. No, that was just for that episode. Okay. That was just for that episode. Which, it, it the funny part is, usually I wouldn't like, but I guess because it's the way Jim Parsons portrayed it, it okay. is weird. But like, it's like you know he's not. I know comparing he himself yeah, to a slave. Yeah. But it's just he's being over dramatic, uh-huh. and then he's just r- trying to run with it to make a point. Yeah. And the way like Amy's like correcting him, and then that last time when they get to Howard's house, and he starts doing it, and she just pushes him inside. Like it just cracks me up. Yeah. The I. I it just seemed like a non kind of a non sequitur and then the bit just sort of disappeared it just sort of fizzled so it was well, it was just kind of seemed like shoehorned in in a weird way i don't know I, I think he he was the one trying to be like woe is me i don't want to go uh-huh. but then he starts you know especially yeah. with Howard's father-in-law right. having a good time so then i think that's why it disappears because he's having a good time and i and i wanted to ask you what did you think about another i i didn't an odd pairing, but mm-hmm. Howard's father-in-law, who's a retired cop on the show, he's like this big, older, tough guy. And him and Sheldon wind up bonding. Sheldon from Texas, and you know, being a young Sheldon fan, so you know, he mm-hmm. was around football a lot because his dad coached, his brother played. So he knows football, and Howard's father-in-law is watching the game. So they bond over football, and you get – Sheldon drinking beers and they kind of they're both drunk together and they have some funny moments but some touching moments. What do you think about the? I guess his name is Mike. Mike and Sheldon dynamic. I I really enjoyed that. I think that was the best part. Of, that was like the standout part of the episode. Yeah, I really like drunk Sheldon. Hey Sheldon, what do you say we go outside and throw around the old pigskin? This is a Jewish house. I don't have pigskin. <laughs> It was really funny. I don't know if he gets drunk much throughout the series. It's a few times. A few times, but he was really funny, especially when 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 he uh, told Amy, "How about you go get us a couple beers?" And he smacked her on the butt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she kind of like was shot by it, and then she looked at him and was like, "Huh." That was she actually, turned on. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> I just kind of like that. Yeah. So just seeing that side of Sheldon when they're at the dinner table, he's more drunk because you could tell he's slurring his words a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, and that dynamic, it was touching. And especially like knowing, having watched young Sheldon, this is one of those kind of payoffs oh, for having, yeah. like being familiar with young Sheldon is like, you know, I know his dad died when Sheldon was 14. We get to know his dad and young Sheldon and everything. And so, so, uh, having like a touching moment with, uh, with an older male, like a quote, like a father figure, short term father figure like that was really as a young, as a, somebody who's familiar with young Sheldon, it was uh, it was pretty cool to see Sheldon forming that type of connection with someone. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. And I, I didn't even think about you know, that you watched Young Sheldon, so you know that story like really well. 
Uh, I liked it because it was like it was natural, and I think that was why I liked that Howard's jealous because Howard is he's trying to force a relationship with his father-in-law and he's really awkward around him and it's not natural. And I like that Mike, he knows Sheldon is unique in his own way, Mm -hmm. but I think the fact that it was like, it was a natural thing. Like, Hey, this, this guy, this brainiac over here, he does know football and he knows it pretty well. And they're just having good natural conversation and him finding out that, you know, his dad passed away when he was 14. It was like, so you didn't have a, beer with the man well i'll have one with you it was a nice moment that i felt was natural and part of it and i do like howard's character but i like seeing howard with the egg on his face Mm -hmm. of all the characters so i love that like oh man this his father-in-law is having a moment and with all people i think it wouldn't have worked if it was leonard even like raj or you know zach coming in but the fact that it's sheldon that he's having this great connection with and both of them didn't want to be there. I think the two people who couldn't stand being there the most wind up having the best time. Kind of like the scavenger episode with Howard and Amy, Mike and Sheldon didn't want to be there and they wind up bonding so well. So it, it, it was a good little thing there. Yeah. I agree with Sheldon that if the defense is showing blitz, like a, a crossing route might be, mm-hmm. might be a good idea. So that was sound. That was pretty sound football advice by Sheldon. Not the first time in season three he shows football yeah. <laughs> knowledge. He he teaches Leonard uh some 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 football knowledge. So Sheldon, that's like not the first time he shows that he does know football from uh growing up in, in, in Texas yeah. and being the son of a football coach. But Yeah, that's really great. I felt sorry for Howard in this episode. Like I Really? I, I really did. Yeah, yeah. Cause there was well he's cause he's cause he said in the kitchen that he was gonna like he 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 uh, was about to open up to Mike about his father abandoning him, but he never mm-hmm. got the opportunity. So he just that one little sentence that he said. I'm like, oh man, like Howard really is like like affected by this, and he did want to like bond with Mike somehow. <laughs> so I I did felt like some I did really feel sorry for Howard in this. There is, I think, it is season seven, an episode about that. Okay, and so you do get they do go. They they dive into it more in an interesting way um, about Howard's relationship with his dad. And in a few ways, even with Mike in that dynamic, there's another episode like that too. But definitely about particularly Howard's dad leaving and there's an episode with it too. Mm-hmm. So uh, you do if you watch it, you do get a little bit more about that too. But, oh, wow. So you, wow, so you went on a, for these five, a Howard... Wallowich journey from <laughs> yeah, not liking like a, him to liking him in some little bit to then you felt sorry for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I did have I did have kind of a journey with Howard more so than any other character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's very interesting. So yeah. what let, let's hear it though. What what are the rankings for Thomas here for this blind spotted episode? Five through one. Okay. Number five, I'll say the Excelsior acquisition, the Stanley okay. episode. Okay. Good, good episode, but yeah, it's hard, it's hard to even poke holes in it. I just like the other four better. But so that's, no, I got you. <laughs> but that's my number you. five. Um, number four is the barbarian sublimation. Number three, the adhesive duct deficiency. Yeah, that that was really good. Um, and my final two really strong ones. Uh, number two, the Thanksgiving decoupling. Mm-hmm. And my favorite episode of the bunch. 
was Deremy's favorite episode too, the Scavenger Vortex. Really All good, right. really good episode, Deremy. That's a good call. And when I first watched it, I was like, "This is really good." And then when I went to my notes. I was like, "Oh yeah, this Deremy cited this one as his favorite." Oh so, yeah, yeah. So so I uh, yeah, the Scavenger Vortex was was my favorite too. No, um, I'm glad. I'm glad because I I was like, that's when I have to put. I just think it was just so funny because and then I remember watching. I say probably. Season four, I joined the show live. Like, I caught up on reruns on TBS. So I remember just thinking for, like, the whole time, because just being a guy who loves sitcoms, when are they going to, like, kind of fall off? And I remember watching the Scavenger Vortex live and being impressed that in season seven, I'm like, that might be the best fastball I've seen them throw. Yeah. So I was, like, kind of encouraged and surprised. Like, you don't really see that often with sitcoms, like – that later on, like, there's like, oh, they still are throwing out some some high heat, you know, mm-hmm. for a little baseball reference. So I, I was just really impressed. And I, every time I watch that episode, I always crack up. And it's my go-to, whether it's, like, my brother or my mom. When I, like, want an intro, like, what's the easiest way to get people to laugh at Big Bang? I go to the Scavenger Vortex. Yeah, that's a good call. Is this a show, I guess, A, would you continue, like, would you do a, a watch of this show on your own or would you kind of be like, nah, like you're okay. No, I'm interested in watching it on my own. Uh, yeah, it's definitely one of those where I have a lot of time where sometimes I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I don't know what to watch. I want to watch something. I just kind of want to chill on the couch and look at something and, and be enter- entertained, but I don't know what to watch. Like I can see this is something that I would put on for, yeah. for that purpose to scratch that itch. Definitely. And there's some things that I'm, that I'm, got me curious watching these episodes, some backstory stuff. Um, I know I have a recollection of knowing that Sheldon has a feud with Will Wheaton, mm-hmm. but I don't know why or what or what. So, uh, so that would be something oh, where I would yeah. maybe learn. Cause I have no Classic. idea why Sheldon and Will Wheaton, uh, I don't know if it's one sided feud. Like I just know that Sheldon has something against Will Wheaton. So yeah, it's I don't classic. Know if he did, like Stand by Me or no, something. no, I know, but I don't yeah. know if you to say it or no. Maybe that well, that could be one that I can like yeah. find out uh, yeah. as, as I watch. But so there's certain things like that uh, that that I'd definitely be interested in watching. Uh, Sheldon and Raj were the standouts to me, Jeremy. Okay, so though the, they were my two favorite characters. Raj, like I said, is like my glue guy. Uh, every episode he was just like solid, very endearing, funny. He had like a specific like role in the cast and I, I really liked Raj. Uh, I actually did a deep dive. I looked up Jim Parsons interviews because he fascinates me and his, yes. his portrayal of Sheldon fascinates me. Is it fair to say, and I know his SNL monologue, he did a play on this, but did Sheldon become kind of like the Steve Urkel Fonz of Big Bang Theory, like that character that just sort of popped more than the other ones. Yeah, I guess in a in a way. Um, and the only reason why I kind of maybe say a little bit different is because Urkel and Fonz were supposed to be like one timers, mm. where Sheldon was yeah. not a he was a part of the main cast, but I think it was definitely Johnny Galecki's character Leonard was going to be the guy, and okay. he still is like. Uh, you know, I think primary the big three are Leonard, Sheldon, Penny. If he had the pick of the whole series, mm-hmm. but I think Sheldon is definitely the breakout star character. Like he's the iconic one that everyone 
thinks of first. Okay. Yeah, I got that impression. And I was just curious about, like, cause I've, I've heard Jim Parsons here and there, so but I just watched a bunch of interviews uh, with him. He comes across as Sheldon, but, like, more socially competent. Yeah. Seems like a really nice guy. Like, seems like a really... A uh, really great guy. Uh, I rewatched his SNL episode because you know, yes. of course, I'm the big SNL guy. Uh, yeah. I, I vaguely remember seeing the episode a while back. It wasn't uh, uh, all that loved among fans. Uh, I disagree. I think it's a little better than than a lot I love of the gave the, it credit the for. Twelve years of slave. The Twelve years of slave audition was like the standout of that. that was uh, so funny. Uh, that was such a funny. The dance floor killer sketch was good. I don't know if you remember True. that one. True. Uh, yeah, Jim Parsons was good in that. I think, but I, I think he, uh, I think he was a good host on SNL. Like he was very, he jumped into all these, a lot of these sketches. Uh, I think the overall show was better than a lot of people gave it credit for. Yeah, at yeah, the time, I think the monologue was good. Like he did a song called "I'm Not That Guy," in which he said that he's not like Sheldon, and then former TV stars paraded into the monologue. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I and that was Colin Joe's first episode. As an aside, that was his first episode uh, as Weekend Update anchor. So Jim oh. hosted like a landmark SNL episode. Okay, that's in, that's a good fun fact. Yeah, fun fact. And he was a, also Parsons was a rare host that was in the cold open. So he played yes. Johnny Weir on on Ellen in the cold mm-hmm. open. So I mm-hmm. think that that's always like to me that's a sign that like the the show likes the host and they trust the host to so kind of put them in the cold open. Yeah. So, well, Jim Parsons has that theater background yeah. too. Yeah. So I think that kind of like helped him. I think that's probably why he was eager to excited to do it. Like yeah. he has that live background, but um I I'm glad because I think I don't know how people look at it. I just think it's one of the great characters and one of the great performances mm-hmm. in TV history because I obviously I'm not an actor, but just I give so much credit to that profession. But even looking at what he did with all the dialogue, all those scientific facts that he had to keep in his head and to like give out because Sheldon, you know, probably just even from the episodes you saw, but if you watch more, he'll he has some monologues that can be kind of long and they're scientific, but still bringing the funny. And I think, um, I understand why after 12 years, like he was tired. Like, yeah, that's true. It seems it's it a does, lot. It does seem like a lot. Yeah. yeah. And he almost had a, in a, in a comedy, he almost had a thankless sort of role or maybe it w- would seem on the surface to be a less fun role than the others. Cause he had to deliver funny lines in a more robotic scientific way. Like he wasn't able to, to emote as much as Kaylee Cuoco or Johnny Golecki or some of the others. Right. And that's a tough, that's a tough job. Like there's probably maybe part of Jim Parsons is like, maybe, you know, maybe he wanted to, to be the emote pop off screen a little bit more with his like acting or his, you know, yeah. But just a lot of his performance had to be more subtle he had to know that he was delivering comedy, but he couldn't do it. And, you know, he had to do it differently than anybody else on the cast. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think I there's not a lot of, ex, like, and just off the top of my head, not a lot of examples he could really go to for TV, like, to do what he was doing. Like, you know, like, because yeah. you look at it, I think now we see more characters, especially with streaming who are neuroatypical, but you didn't really see that mm-hmm. in the, the 2000s and before. 
So he really didn't have a lot. It's not a lot of examples that he could look to to be like, oh, this is how you portray this kind of a character and doing what he did with it. So it was yeah. just really, really impressive, really. Um, and I'd be curious. I don't think in these episodes you see a lot of it, but if you do rewatch it, the Leonard and Penny dynamic will mm-hmm. be always interesting to see what you think about it because there's a lot of um, – when I talk to people, and even when I reach up online about like how real is it, how believable that relationship is, and and I can understand both sides, but I do think I understand it. I don't think it's as non like not believable as people think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm curious to follow the beats of that. Well, like, like yeah. I know they get together and then they stop seeing each other, and then like that's obvious to me given the information that I found out in the in these five episodes. But I'm curious to see the arc of that. Okay. Okay. So overall this uh how how did it feel being the you know in this is your blind spot mm-hmm. that you know kind of getting you know scratched a little bit. So how how was it for you? It was a nice present that I got to open. It was just kind of like the uh, a world of possibilities in a way. It was it was just uh, uh interesting to me to to just I like I going in I wondered like am I going to if I don't if I if I hate this show, how am I going to say that if I, you know, but I mean, it's a good thing. You know, it was a, it was, it was an enjoyable experience. Uh, and, uh, it was, yeah, it was interesting being on the, the, the other side of this for sure. Just maybe, maybe a little less pressure. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cause I'm just sort of like, I didn't have to make the choices. I could just sort of react. Yeah. No. So, I, so I kind of like that. So I know how you feel for that Radiohead yeah. one now. I was like, yeah, because yeah, I was right. If you didn't like it, I was. But that's kind of why I chose it because, I mean, you never know what someone's going to like. But I'm like, not going for a slam dunk one. Going for one that's like popular technically, yeah. but still like critic. Like it's critically like doesn't always hit with people. Yeah. Well, I so, am like, skeptical like, of sitcoms like this. Yes, I am. So I, yeah. but I try not to be skeptical. I try to be open minded sitting down. But in general, I am skeptical of shows like this. No, and I, I understand. A lot of people are. So that's why it was a fun challenge. And I was ready. If you didn't like it, I, I would have been cool too. I was like, I was prepared. But I'm glad you do like it. So maybe in the future, if you watch yeah. the series, we could just we could have our own, you Essential. know, essentials. Yeah. See if Howard yeah. grows on me. <laughs> I'd be curious to see. I think yeah. I could I could see him growing a little bit more on you. Okay. <laughs> but nah, so okay. Do you wanna uh lead us into what we're gonna be doing next week on the show? Absolutely. So next week, Jeremy, I love doing our music episodes. So I I I, I'm, I know you do too, right? The music episodes are something that both of us like really we love doing all our episodes, but the music ones just really like get up for and we're just both yeah. of us are music geeks and so we yeah love doing our music episodes and so we've talked about grunge motown the beatles bruce springsteen we're gonna get metal next week oh we're gonna discuss metallica wow so we can do five essential metallica songs so this is a band that i've liked since i was probably 11 years old probably listened to them and starting in maybe 1992 something okay. like that so i have a long history of metallica 
Uh, we haven't really talked about them with one another, except in passing, basically to agree that we should do this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the most yeah. conversation we've had about Metallica is, hey, you like Metallica? Yeah, so do I. Want to do an episode? Yeah, okay. That's, that's all I know as right. far as your background with Metallica and everything like that. So I have no idea where you're going to go with Five Essential, with your Essential Metallica song. So I'm excited to get your take on this. I'm excited yeah. to talk a band about a band that's been in my life since basically I started forming memories <laughs> around <Yeah>. that time. <laughs> uh, so next week, Five Essential Metallica songs, Jeremy. No, I'm looking forward to it, man. It should be a lot of fun and and to really kind of like dive into such a classic band. And like you said, a band that's just been around for forever and just had so many different phases. And you can go a lot of ways with picking essential Metallica songs, which I always like those topics that there's just so many different directions you can go in when you're making a list like this, like essentials. So, and Metallica is definitely one of those topics. So I'm pumped to do it, man. We're going to get metal. Next yeah. Week. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. I've been listening, uh, that they've been a good, it's been a good soundtrack to, to being at the gym. It's okay. having my, yes. m- my Metallica possibilities on a playlist that's been helping me a little at the, at the gym. Okay, all right, so you're ready, you're ready, I love it, man. Okay, so everyone stay tuned for that episode next week. So for my man Thomas Senna, I'm Darren Dove. Thank you guys for listening to this special blind-spotted episode of Pop Culture 5. Take care. Podcasts and such.